Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. everybody and welcome to Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. And I am your only host for this week, Michael McMillan. That's right. Bryce and Riley are stuck in other countries and uh, couldn't make it. But guess what, guys? The show must go on. And I recruited two amazing guests with a podcast of their own to help fill in and uh, read some listener stories tonight we're getting into the l files but guess what little twist we're also going to have some personal paranormal history in this episode because one of these guests has never been on the show before so get excited oh man it feels like i have so much power now doing the show all by myself i can make it whatever i want um but i won't i won't i'm gonna keep it on the rails and i want to get to our guests so real quick let me do some club house keeping support the show by joining our patreon bcc the other side for five bucks a month you'll not only unlock three bonus episodes every month but also gain access to the entire backlog to the other side which contains over four years of bonus content and if you're feeling fancy you can upgrade for nine dollars to the the uh, ultra terrestrial tier where you'll get some exclusive semi-weekly i'm gonna say at this point he's catching up he's been on vacation guys <laughs> he's not here to defend himself but uh some bonus cosmic tracks from riley bray uh no complaints yet so uh we think people are still loving that tier um our official bcc jet ski summer t-shirt that's right guys bcc jet ski summer rolls on uh by james maholland is on sale right now in our t public shop you can find the link to that in the show notes of this episode or in our link tree found in our bio on instagram at bigfoot collectors club finally if you don't feel like spending money on us, that's fine. Just enjoy the show that you've been listening to for four and a half years for free every week. That's fine. That's why the technology exists. You can just listen and not think about the fact we're doing all of this work for free and maybe one 20th of the audience uh, supports the Patreon. Think about that. Um, if you just don't want to do anything, 
in terms of a financial commitment to the show or support, that's fine. Why don't you give us a five-star salute by heading over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. It helps get the show to more people, and that is very valuable. If you do, we might read it on the on an upcoming episode like this one from Margarita McPee. Love it! Things that make you go, hmm? Just found this wonderfully entertaining podcast after watching Expedition Bigfoot. Thank you guys for filling my time with things that tickle the old gray matter between my ears. Um, Margarita, I love the support. I got a little grossed out at the end, I'm going to admit. But thank you so much. You guys don't even have to go. You don't even have to mention brains. You can just say you love the show. Five stars. And that's great. We'll still read it on the show. All right, everybody. Let's put up the broom and the mop and uh, 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 the uh, Bigfoot plaster materials. We're gonna we're done with cleanup, and it's time to get into this week's show. Our guests this week are the sibling co-hosts of the podcast Guide to the Unknown, Club Scouts of all timelines. Please welcome back to the show, Kristen Anderson, and joining us in the clubhouse for the first time ever. Please give a warm Club Scout salute to Will Rogers. Yay! Hello! Thank you so much for having us. Oh, I'm so cozy in this clubhouse. I welcome, welcome. Yes, and I, as you noticed, I just tidied up. We just cleaned it up. Um, Yeah, boy, you really put away all that plaster. Yeah, real fast. I guess that's Mm. you know what would be hanging out, you know, uh, around would be obviously Bigfoot plaster cast uh, casting materials. Some Bigfoot plaster casts that we have, you know, already cast um what else is <laughs> in a big book clubhouse collectibles obviously all of our collectibles um probably you- patches for oh, you to like oh, yeah. iron on to our jean jackets mm-hmm. definitely have one of those hanging in the closet for sure um what mm. about you guys what are your paranormal uh collectibles like do you guys get magnets mugs what do you guys like to pick up you know if you're going to like the mothman festival and point pleasant west virginia what are you bringing home with you i mean you nailed it. i'm a big mug person because i've kind of found that if i buy stickers or things like that i don't end up actually putting them anywhere they're just sort of on a shelf and i look at them every once in a while and think they're cool but a mug gets a workout so that's my thing i like to spot artwork i like to see you know what are what are people drawing that way i can maybe hang it on the set or something like that but also i got curious a while back about um this is less about conventions or museums but uh like haunted objects on ebay i bought a <laughs> I bought a dybbuk box whoa 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 no dybbuk box are you crazy will it's it's even worse than you think. I, I I saw on eBay was like this is a haunted Dybbuk box. You know, make sure you don't open it. So I bought it thinking it'd be fun to put on the set or talk about, you know, there's a story that goes with the eBay posting. I show it to Kristen. She comes over to record one night. Her instinct instantly she grabs it out of my hands and rips it open. <gasps> All right. In my no. home. No. <laughs> what are you guys doing? Look. Will, you always tell this story just slightly wrong. First, I asked to look at the eBay listing because I wanted to read the story. Then I wanted to look at the seller and see what other kind of stuff they're selling. And they were selling other, like, 
tchotchkes and, you know, like used Nikes and stuff like that, that made me think that they had put, and also visually, which I'll explain in a second, uh, convinced me that they had capitalized on Dybbuk mania and just put this thing up for sale to get some money because it is a ceramic white box with a lid that has like a little angel child on the top that clearly somebody had painted gray to look aged but did like a really crappy job like brush brush strokes and all um and i i was unconvinced at the time and remain unconvinced that there was anything to fear so yeah i i gave it a rattle first i heard something jingling around in there and then i cracked that baby open and um definitely got hit with a little bit of a musty smell if i remember correctly that's and how I think demons there was... smell It wasn't sulfur. It wasn't sulfur. So, not an immediate, you know, recognizable demon hit. And there was like a button and like a piece of a shell in there. And I've been fine. You know, I appreciate. (laughs) Yeah, you describe all the logic (laughs) behind your actions. It's all I hear is. It was a calculated risk you were willing to take in my home. You're <laughs> correct. In a Dybbuk box. And I remember it differently. I remember you just saying, give me that. And then ripping it open <laughs> and leaving. Now, two things. One, I didn't know about Dybbuk box fever. Uh, this is like a, <laughs> this is happening. This is like Beatlemania, but with a uh, um so tell me about that also for people listening who may not know what a Dybbuk box is. I'm sure there's at least a few of them. Why don't you let them know? Yeah, Will, you want to take it away? I'll I'll attempt it. We did an episode about... There's there's the crown jewel of the Dybbuk box world. There is the Dybbuk box, the big one. Yeah. We did an episode about it, but to be honest, I think Kristen explained it to me, and therefore I have no recollection of the real story. Uh. Um, But a Dybbuk is a a type of demon, and it's said to have been uh, uh, trapped inside uh, this teeny tiny little, uh, like a tool chest or something um an old wooden box and so the story goes that anybody who owns it and opens it is cursed doomed turns up dead you know so on um and it was pretty big in uh the paranormal uh entertainment world a few years back and there's this wild community on ebay of people who will sell you know haunted dolls haunted this haunted that and the dybbuk box just being a small lightweight artifact that you can probably ship on the cheap (laughs) <laughs> um, it seemed like all of a sudden everybody had a Dybbuk box they wanted to sell. And I was more than happy to read the stories that people were cooking up for their objects and, and potentially get some here. I will say I did accidentally end up smashing that Dybbuk box on the Guide to the Unknown set. So, oh, that's right. In a fit yeah. of rage. Oh, I'm, I'm filled to the brim with rage at all times. So, yes. <laughs> I feel like people are probably just using this as an excuse to like fart in a box and then close it and then mail it. I feel like <laughs> I feel like this is probably scratching some weird fetish like that for people. Yeah, but that's that's all out. the the rest of my purchases on eBay, so it's all good. I what was even. what was the story behind this particular Dybbuk box? I'm going to be honest with you. I think it was, I think I was less enchanted with the story and I was more looking at um, a price I was willing to pay for something I didn't believe in. Um, If I remember correctly, I think that it was found when somebody demolished a house. And so Mm. they were not sure what it was, but they could not open 
this container and something something went awry in their life therefore i'm gonna sell it for 30 dollars or something like that but it was really more the price tag i was into because some people will sell these things for way too much money you know you would feel like with all this like demon trapped in a containment unit rage that like that like genies and lamps would be making a comeback why aren't people like talking about or maybe they are we're just on the wrong you know side of the world but like are there stories about people like finding like magic lamps with gin in them with genies interesting that's a really good point you're right it hasn't really taken like taken up the mantle and spot that dybbuk box has held for a while and maybe it's time maybe um maybe it was going to be on the come up and then that weird aladdin live action movie like smashed it back Mm. into its own bottle and -hmm. we decided to just put it away yeah because we have all collectively decided to forget that movie that's true there is a sequel coming though no are they doing oh, a live yeah, action yeah, yeah. return of Jafar? Oh, sure. That was, that was announced a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Now, weirdly, at the end of Aladdin, the good guy, Genie, he goes free. Meanwhile, the evil Jafar gets turned into a genie and trapped. So maybe that really was the origin story for Dybbuk boxes to begin with. The good Bring genies all. have all been set free. We're left only with the evil. Oh, I like William. that. Yeah, I just feel you like... could, yeah. I feel like there would... I feel like, it, like TikTok is primed and ready for like a magic lamp. Like these are the three wishes I asked for my genie. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like we need to be getting some like underground TikToks about genies. Yeah. Yeah, We can start that. You don't hear much good news from like paranormal TikTok. You know, it it is usually, you know, I found uh, there's a secret room uh, behind my apartment's bathroom mirror. That's spooky. It's never, it's never, I found a, lamp and i made three wishes and all my dreams came true (laughs) they always go wrong it always goes wrong that's true that was one of my favorite games as a kid come up with the perfect the perfect wish where there is no loophole for horror that Mm -hmm. that was a fun game tough to do i don't (laughs) think it's possible Mm, Um, the hard one so speaking of growing up um you guys are siblings and uh, mm-hmm. now we've had Kristen on the show before, and she she's gotten into her personal paranormal history. You guys can uh, go check out the White River Monster episode from April 7th, 2021, if you want to hear more about that. But, Will, you're new around these parts. So what is your personal paranormal history? How did you get into this stuff? And have you had any weird experiences of your own? The short answer is uh, I, I maybe I've had an experience or two of my own. I listened back to the episode that um, you did with Kristen last year. And uh, especially now that we've been doing a, a show together for a few years and we've deliberately sought out paranormal events together, uh, some of my experiences are wrapped up in what Kristen talked about. There was a she told the story of going to a seance in Asbury Park. Um, where supposedly our dad made mm-hmm. contact. And one of the ways that he made his presence be known is, is he was described as rolling his eyes at us for going to a <laughs> right. seance, which yep. is so awesome. And like, I know this is probably something that a lot of people would say, but it does distinctly feel like something our father would do. But yeah. I also love the irony of a ghost rolling their <laughs> eyes at you for believing in ghosts. Yeah, like, what are you I doing guess. here? yeah <sighs> it's I all real but like it's gonna happen you don't know that <laughs> you losers <laughs> um so i i love that and that is that is something that i think about all the time um 
But growing up in uh, Connecticut, in the middle of nowhere where we lived, we we lived truly, um, it felt like on the edge of the woods where who knows what was in like the wild couple of acres behind our parents' house. And I used to, you know, ride my bike up and down these old trails where you would suddenly just find a long abandoned barn you know, off the side of a trail that's leaning over like a 45 degree angle. Looks like you could blow on it. It's going to fall down. Everything just had, it was, it was oozing with history and age. And it just always implied to me, oh, there was something here that's not here anymore. Everything Mm -hmm. felt like the end in a sense. And so I was always interested in scary stories and, and spooky things. I remember, um, I accidentally watched the movie Psycho when I was I, I used to say when I was four years old, that seems insanely young, but <laughs> I was I was pretty young. I was way too young to be watching Psycho, and it definitely gave me a complex. I, I after I saw that movie, I any shower for the next decade at least, as soon as I started to shampoo my hair, I would be so terrified that while my eyes are pinched closed so that I don't get shampoo in my eyes, somebody's sneaking into the room. I would frantically try to rinse off my face (laughs) and sometimes just open my eyes with shampoo, like going into my eye sockets just to make sure that I wasn't about to be killed. I I just was always anxious. I was scared. And that's why you haven't taken a shower since. (laughs) That's right. I'm very smelly. You guys went through a lot of Visine in that house. Oh, yeah. And then the um, bucket full. One of my favorite things, and we don't, we honestly, we don't talk about this enough, in my opinion. Kristen and I did a live show, uh, one live show before the world shut down. It was like perfect timing. We didn't know that. But for it, we went to a few different supposed hot spots in New Jersey for hauntings. We're just, you know, odd locations. And one of my favorite things, um, just five minutes away from me, there's a, a movie theater. And in the parking lot behind the movie theater, literally in the middle of the parking lot, there's a grave. It's cool. it's raised up. It's about 10 feet above the, the ground. You have to, like, climb up the sides of, of bricks to get up to it if you wanted to. Um, but this grave has been there forever. Just and one so, grave? One yeah. grave. Part of the story goes that there might be several people in that plot. Um, it is the grave of a woman named Mary Ellis and sort of a, a classic ghost story of she fell in love with a ship captain who sailed off one day and she used to sit on that spot before it was a movie theater, before it was anything. It was a hill overlooking the Raritan River in New Jersey and she would wait for him to return, but he never did. And so she eventually died an old woman alone, buried on that spot, yada, yada, yada. Eventually AMC buys the place and raises the ground uh, you know, dipping it in to 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 pave a parking lot, but they respect her grave. Mm. So I, uh, trying to be respectful, I have I've filmed and uh, shot like five different <laughs> things around that grave because I'm fascinated by it. As a moody teen in New Jersey, that is always where I would park whenever I went to the movies, even though it's like oddly far away from the entrance. It just <laughs> I always gravitated toward it. So for this live show, we went to go check it out with. Um, rudimentary ghost hunting equipment we guide to the unknown is all about fun we're, we're here to sort of like enjoy spooky stories rather than uh, uh really methodically studying things it's about love so we um <laughs> <laughs> the love of spooky stuff i know but it just sounds gravitasi 
Uh, it is. This is You're a, it's a prestige show. I mean, but really, so I, it really just sounds like a lonely man who's parking next to a grave when you could park closer <laughs> to the movie theater. Well, that's also true. I mean, it could be both. <laughs> you got to get your steps in, too. Let's not discount that. Very true. We I, a I lot of time sitting down as podcasters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So I, I went up to the grave and I had a um, one of those like thermometer gun things. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? It was a it was an EMF meter, I think. No, it was oh, a no, temperature right. gauge. It was a temperature. We gauge had that, because, too. But yeah. Yeah. I was pointing the temperature gauge at the headstone and filming it. I have footage of this. Um, and you watch the temperature on the gauge jump up over the course of maybe a minute that I'm standing there. It goes up a good seven or eight degrees. And I. I didn't know enough at the time to know whether or not, you know, maybe that's just it takes a while to get an accurate reading. I don't know. But mm-hmm. then the the more places we went, the more I would use that same temperature gauge on stone basically everywhere we went and never, ever, ever saw any climb like that at all. Interesting. Yeah, yeah it was strange. It feels would, notable. I've been thinking about it a lot lately for some I, reason. I mean, I would run I would go back and run that experiment again and see what happens because um, yeah, you would feel like the ghost would be cold, though, wouldn't you? Unless she's pissed, yeah, unless she's <laughs> climbed up to her grave. Leave or she's me alone. really in love. She finally found the, you know, maybe That's she true. thinks you're the sea captain who's come back. Maybe. Oh, my God. That was actually the temperature raising was because of the pitter patter of her heart. Exactly. Passion's running high. <laughs> have In all seriousness, half kidding here, but have you thought about visiting the grave dressed as an old-timey sea captain oh to my see god see if it provokes any kind of response uh, <laughs> the answer is no i have not but i'm in what are you doing here, Will? <laughs> he do does this. have a big bushy like sea captain yeah. beard you could pull so it off. i think you could play the part i can do this all right William, right this back. might be be the greatest role you've ever played I mean, if yeah, and I've played many. <laughs> if you're out there filming anyway, you might as well dress up. I would like to see if maybe that would provoke some kind of response because do they say that her ghost hangs out around there at all? Do, are there ghost stories of, of Mary Ellis? Not to my knowledge. No. And I've looked into this uh, quite a bit. I, I, pro- I, I uh, not to toot my own horn, I almost feel like I probably talk about this more than other people. <laughs> Um, and I've never you, heard a ghost story Googling about Mary Ellis. Now you're just seeing your own podcast come up, and that's about I'm, it. I'm not kidding. I've literally done maybe three or four different shows about it. Kristen, um, I, just, I think he's obsessed yeah. with this grave. I think I'm a little concerned. Should we have an on-air intervention about uh, the Mary Ellis grave right now? Yeah. It's too cool. It's awesome. It really is. It's such a weird oddity. Like, it just this structure that's raised. I don't know. Will, what do you think? Like 10 feet yeah. above the parking lot with just enough room and enough grass for a single grave and headstone. It's fucking awesome. Well, uh, I've just you, never seen anything like it. If you have a picture handy, uh, send it my way and I'll put it up on the Instagram for this episode so yeah. people can check it out. You bet. Um, and so you obviously you did fall in love with horror movies because at some point you got over your fear of it and became obsessed because obviously you guys are also big horror movie enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, big time. I, uh, genuine obsessive to the point that I used to sit down and, and study um, horror movies, sit and take notes 
and I ended up becoming a writer, so it makes a certain amount of sense. But oh, there you intense, go. yeah, productive. What are your? I was on, I was on my local streaming streaming service the other day, and I was tra- actually looking for a horror movie to watch. What would your? What are your twenty twenty two recommendations? What are your favorite uh, horror movies that have come out this year? Anything? Mm-hmm. Ooh, I would say, have you seen The Black Phone yet? No, you're the second person to bring it up to me in two days. This is a synchronicity. All right. I mean, the the spirits are telling you you have to watch it. It's probably going to be on demand soon or on your local streaming service, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, pretty soon if it's not there already. And it's really good. I, I would give that a strong recommend. Yeah, I I would too. I like The Black Phone quite a bit. I it was it was a story that felt cozily familiar and yet I haven't seen anything quite like it before. There's like a classic ghost story kind of feel to it, I guess. Yeah. Which you guys have a ton of up in Connecticut. You're from new England. You guys are like in the hotbed of classic GSs. That's what we're calling a GCS. That's a classic ghost story. We have classic flying saucers and we have (laughs) on the show. We have now we have classic GSs. CGS. That is true. <laughs> You're right about that. Did you see um how about X? Did either of you see X? I did see no. X. I enjoyed X. X was fun. Throwback yeah. to the uh but not necessarily like which all horror movies don't you know don't have to be, but not really like as far as I remember not really like a supernatural element to it. No. Uh weird. no, not a yeah, very very weird. Yeah, a little bit a little trippy even though there's not a supernatural side you're right yeah yeah, yeah. Weird. i'm Good trying stuff. to think of like a you know a 2022 ish horror movie that has a supernatural bent but what's coming to mind even though it's old because i just watched it is sinister have either of you seen that movie oh, yeah it's with ethan hawk mm-hmm. okay so i watched it because we went to see the black phone like a few weeks ago and it's with the same director i believe and ethan hawk is in it too oh he did the first doctor strange movie as well sure oh okay this guy's on the move yeah you know what good for him yeah he um, ended up he ended up doing um black phone because he um walked away from the sequel to doctor strange right uh scott derrickson is the guy's name Yes, that's right. I follow him on Twitter. Um, and Sinister was like, you know, it was a fun watch. The, the end, I had seen it before, but I had completely forgotten it. And um, the, end is, the end is something for me personally. But it was mm-hmm. still a fun watch overall, I would say. Great. Are, I love it. Are we counting, uh, do, uh, again, not supernatural, but can we count the, uh, the new Scream? It does have something that is uh, you guys inexplicable. Are- you got <laughs> I'm trying That's to remember true. what that what was specifically. How I... comfortable are you with uh, spoilers? Well, guys, we're going to get into it. This movie's been out for a few minutes, so I would say skip ahead two minutes if you don't want to hear Scream 5 or Scream spoilers. All right? We're counting down. Three, two, one. Spoiler time. Okay, what, what's, what's the... Uh... We find out that the 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 new main character of this requel reboot, whatever you want to call it, is oh, the daughter of yes. Billy Loomis, I one of the killers from the original, and yes. she has visions of him, which at one moment almost appear to 
uh, it almost feels a bit supernatural by the yes. end. I don't think it this is. This isn't also super yeah. spoilery because you get some of this stuff early on in the in the movie. That's so this true. is not a big, big reveal. But yes, there is sort of the specter of Billy Loomis with with some sometimes successful, sometimes not so successful CGI de aging happening. Agreed. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. but yeah. Uh, I forgot. I completely forgot about that. Now you guys talked about this a lot. Were, were you were you fans of the of this one or or no? I I wasn't. I was mm-hmm. I was a little <laughs> bummed out. I have footage of Kristen yeah. as the credits start rolling, giving a thumbs down. I never released it, but I <laughs> I have the footage. Yeah, it's tough. I wasn't, but you know, I respect it. It's out there. A lot of people super love it, and I genuinely love that. Yeah. Um, so that's awesome. But I am an unfortunate outlier. I would say it's probably my second or third favorite of them i mean okay oh nice i went back and i rewatched them all uh with my girlfriend leading up to to this one because i loved you know i love screen mm-hmm. and, and and the original one holds up so well oh yeah and is kind of a perfect movie drew barrymore's performance in the opening scene is criminally underrated even though i know it's iconic Ugh. yeah she's so fucking good she takes it from like every step up in her tension and fear in that scene is literally a masterclass in how to do beat work in a scene. Incredible. She's incredible in it. I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I even think the script is, is maybe one of the most perfect scripts I, I've ever read or, or, you know, watched the movie of it's the, it's the movie that made me want to write and to be okay. a, a, a creator in the first place. Yeah, and it is. It's a perfect. I think it is pretty close to perfect. Yeah, pretty yeah. close to perfect movie. And then I remember like loving Scream Two, and then going back and watching it and being like, "Yeah, this one doesn't hold up as much." Like the meta ness of it was really fun at the time. At the time, but it's just it's just not as as like good it feels really dated. Yeah, it feels now very, in a way that that's one feels not... very dated. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I think there's a quality to Scream Two where I think it's almost to me the perfect sequel. Mm-hmm. I think that like the the way that it operates, the sort of like uh, threads that it picks up on from the the first movie, the way that it does foreshadowing, um, it, all of it j- just really clicks for me. The one thing that I struggle with is that like by doing the now there's a movie based on the events of the first movie that it, it's like Scream Two is the film that set the franchise on a path to being way too meta and way too comedic. And like people started to, to take the wrong lessons away from, from that franchise. I think think that's smart. I think you're, I think you're, I think you're right. And I think like the franchise, including scream five or scream two twenty. 22 Yeah, it's confusing to refer to it is it's tough like even that still lives in the shadow of that decision in in two but I, you're right I, it's still a good movie and it's still my second favorite out of them uh, out of them all but uh anyway we digress guys go see scream of course it's about yeah, it, check it, it out. does have a character called Ghostface in it but it's really just a person <laughs> and a lot of people throughout many movies um what before we head into the break, what stories from the New England like 
I almost said era, which is not the way to describe a place. But the new, the I know new you England mean like the era. canon. Yeah, like the new what? Yeah, like have you guys been to Sleepy Hollow? Have you been up over over there and like checked that out, yeah. or is there anything like? Have you guys gone and looked for like spooky little creatures in the Catskills? I mean, um, <laughs> what out there is something that you guys really enjoy about the local folklore? I we have been to Sleepy Hollow. I've only been once and it was really we we drove through to film something specifically for a guide to the unknown around Halloween. Um so when we went there were like kids in costumes all over the place and we saw That's the very scary. A, a statue to Ichabod <laughs> Crane. Yeah, I was very terrified of the children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember screaming. Um <laughs> but I got the feeling from Sleepy Hollow uh, of like oh I got to come back here when I have more time yeah yeah it is fun to see kind of like the touristification of the story sleepy hollow like um you know how there are those giant blow up things that people put in their yards for halloween and christmas like it'll be a giant blow up santa there's like a thing of that for the headless horseman um i have to imagine that's a very limited run because it's a pretty niche thing (laughs) but it's definitely cool to walk around there and understand that it's like a serious and respected story it's like really revered there have been all these different versions of it but that there's like a little kid who has like lollipop all over his mouth who's wearing an ichabod crane (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) t-shirt what a nerd that kid is (laughs) way into that lollipop yeah (laughs) you know again criminally underrated the headless horseman one of the best iconic ghosts of all time so I couldn't cool. agree more. If you go back and watch even like the Disney Ichabod Crane, the Headless Horseman scenes are awesome. Like he looks great. He should oh, be getting it's... way more airtime in the Disney parks as far as I'm concerned. Oh, that's I a very good point. Yeah. Haunted Mansion. Listen, I, I love Haunted Mansion, but you're so right. I it, There's a quality to the, the Sleepy Hollow Disney cartoon. It's like a gateway horror drug for kids there's a moment where um one of the antagonists his name is brom bones and he's singing the legend of the headless horseman and so this entire moment you you can tell watching it that later on um some animator somewhere was like we can use this scene again for that gaston song in totally yep yep it's it's the same exact moment but brom bones singing about the headless horseman everybody is like wrapped attention and and scared as he's talking about you know this guy is going around lopping off heads and then of course ichabod crane like going through the woods and you hear those frogs that go ichabod ichabod and it's all echoing (sighs) man as a kid there was nothing like spookier but more accessible (laughs) you know yeah i agree that was like the only horror thing i watched for years until i was probably (laughs) Well into high school. <laughs> I and I, yeah, I added into, I don't really have a, uh, I know some people do the, like, every year I watch these movies. I don't quite do that, but I will say for the last few years, anytime uh, Halloween rolls around, I've made sure to put on Sleepy Hollow. It oh, is so good. Absolutely. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to do a little uh, Bullshit or Believe It, and then we're going to read some L Files. <laughs> All 
All right, we are back with Kristen Anderson and Will Rogers of Guide to the Unknown podcast. All right, there's a game we like to play with all of our guests. And Kristen, this will be a new version of this list, so please feel free to jump in. Oh, okay. List of Phenomenon, if you're into it, open to it, you're going to say believe it. If you're not open to it or not into it, you say bullshit. There's no in between. (sighs) I'm worried about this. <laughs> You're gonna have to do your best. We can come back and talk about some other stuff. If you know, we can circle back at the end of the list. Okay. But let's I'm just gonna have to commit one way or another. This is a game we like to we like to say we call <laughs> a game we like to call bullshit or believe it. On your mark, get set, ghosts. Uh, believe it. Believe it. Bigfoot. Bullshit. Believe it. Aliens. Believe it. Believe it. The Bermuda Triangle. Bullshit. Bullshit. Parallel Dimensions. Believe it. Psychic. Yeah, I I guess believe it. Psychic Vampires. (laughs) Bullshit. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, I guess I guess bullshit. Spontaneous Combustion. Bullshit. Bullshit. We literally just talked about this. We'll revisit. Astral projection. Bullshit. Bullshit. Ouija boards. Bullshit. Believe it. Alien abduction. If I'm going to say aliens, I I, got to go with believe it. Believe it. Dogman. Bullshit. See, now I feel like if I said Bigfoot, I should say believe it to Dogman. But (laughs) I don't know. I feel like it's less prevalent. Bullshit. Mothman. Mm, bullshit love you buddy but bullshit sheep squatch <laughs> no idea what it is believe it <laughs> this is new to me it's like a um, big goat sheep looking sasquatch with like horns that, that sounds right and bullshit <laughs> ritual magic yeah, bullshit. uh bullshit believe it levitation bullshit bullshit the healing power of crystals. Bullshit. Ugh, wish I could say believe it, but bullshit. We're living in a simulation. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> yeah, you make it sound very inviting and bullshit. The government is hiding the truth about Elvis. Oh, <laughs> uh, anything else I'd believe it? I'm going to go with bullshit. <laughs> yeah, bullshit. Alien-human hybrids. Uh, Bullshit. Bullshit. Miracles. Bullshit. Believe it. Reincarnation. Bullshit. Bullshit. Destiny. Bullshit. A real man shapes his own destiny. Bullshit. (laughs) Life after death. (laughs) Uh, I said ghost, but I'm going to go with bullshit. Believe it whoa all right oh sort of (laughs) i mean pretty interesting you guys are pretty like i don't want to say cynical but skeptical for for two people that are have a podcast about this stuff yeah fair you seem very practically minded i would say you're you're not getting caught up in the hype i'll say that like (laughs) some of us have a tendency to do over on this show yeah, I, I I will go so far. I've been I've taken heat for being a little dogmatic about about being a skeptic. For for me, like 
you know, I, I loftily describe what we do as being about love, but like it really all of this to me boils down to like human impulse and, and us as social creatures. Like I'm always just fascinated to see the way that people interpret the world around them and the yeah. way that we entertain each other. And I, I come at all of this from genuine curiosity and I would love to believe more, but I'm, I'm so much more caught up in why, why do we tell these stories? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The output I'm, of this no. stuff is fascinating to me. Just in the fact that like we get this folklore, if it is just stories, the fact that these stories exist is fascinating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. And I would say I'm more open-minded, but when push comes to shove and forced to like plant my flag, mm-hmm. um, I do skew more like probably not. But I, number one, love to think about this stuff. I just find it so fascinating and exciting. And I do also love the storytelling of it, like how it gets passed from person to person, how it changes person to person, what things we seem to really um like glom onto and blow up and what things we don't honestly kind of like dibbic box versus genie lamp earlier um i think it's really cool and interesting and i really am even though there are a lot of things i said bullshit to i'm still i i could be i i could be swayed i really i go where the wind blows on this stuff (laughs) i mean this this is a a pushover i totally am this game does twist your arm in one way or another so you know yeah yeah um, i if you haven't picked up on it i'm I'm very overly verbose that was a hard game but i could have done that all tonight that was great yeah it's uh, super fun. spontaneous combustion uh we this <sighs> came up a couple episodes ago maybe last week actually and and both of our guests were like believe it <laughs> so i mean <laughs> I, i'm I, let's hear the rebuttal uh, okay well why don't you go ahead it's so awesome uh, so just like we stumbled across talking about spontaneous human combustion recently so like two this, days ago yeah literally this is not this is not a, a plug but so we also have a patreon where we do like you have the the other side ours is the netherworld dispatch so we uh you know we'll we'll look at clips from stuff here and there and one of the things we've been looking at recently is unsolved mysteries so I found out my wife, Allie, said the scariest thing she ever saw on that show was them covering spontaneous human combustion. So I watched the episode and it was really, really fun. The reenactments are interesting. The cases are wildly baffling. But this particular one, they're talking about an older man who um, was living alone and, you know, uh, elderly uh, man. He goes to the bathroom and bursts into flames. And if you're not familiar with spontaneous <laughs> human combustion, Listen. it's like. That happens it's to like me that, almost once a week. It, I mean, it's constantly happening. <laughs> you got to keep <laughs> a fire extinguisher by your side at all times. <laughs> Holstered to your leg like Han Solo. So <laughs> uh, the way spontaneous human combustion works, um, to my understanding, is you burst into flames, but the fire is all localized just to your body. So even if it melts a hole through the floor, somehow, almost impossibly, other stuff in the room might be unaffected so it all just lends this creepy atmosphere of like oh my god he burned and nothing else so now you go i'm interested into this. now i'm hooked now <laughs> i want to look into this because now nah, that's a yeah. good hook that's a good hook. I, I think yeah. we're on two similar paths yeah I, in the future we're gonna end up having the same topic come out on each of our shows <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm very curious now but so um on the show on unsolved mysteries there's a believer who's talking about you know um, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't even run another test to, to 
get this same result like the the, the answer is we have electro electrical currents running through our bodies he short circuits he goes up in flames and then a skeptic comes on and the skeptic, you know, you might think is just sort of the counter argument, but the things he said <laughs> were so <laughs> aggressive. It was harsh. It, it was harsh, but also like kind of mind blowing. He goes, so this particular gentleman, um, uh, he was known for smoking a pipe. And not only that, but he had uh, been known to uh, frequently set his clothes on fire. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, he would light his pipe and keep it in the pocket of his robes. His clothes were covered in burn spots um (laughs) and then robert stack's narration comes in and says the old man in the bathroom also frequently kept matches in his pockets and (laughs) but and then the next thing he says is but who knows did he spontaneously (laughs) combust like no 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 he frequently set himself on fire and he'd lined his clothing with basically everything you need for a bonfire (laughs) It's like, yeah, it's insane. This is just like this. These are early stories to explain people falling asleep with a lit cigarette in their bed. Exactly. (laughs) That's my feeling. Yes. I think the same. It seemed like a pretty open and shut case from what Unsolved Mysteries put forth. It was just like, I've never heard five smoking guns get stated in a row. (laughs) It was pretty damning evidence. Right, quite literally. And the um, the skeptic guy, what was it he said, Will? He was like, so these people who are researching this are losers and they need to get a hobby or something like that. He says they need to get a life. This is like a, an wow. older man in, you know, the late 80s, early 90s, hyper aggro on anybody uh, who believes in spontaneous human combustion. It was it was kind of awesome. Now I just got to see this episode. I can't wait. Oh, check it out. You're, you're going to love it. It was great. All right. Well, Kristen, Will, I brought you in today to uh, hear and read. I think we're just reading today, but we'll hear each other read uh, some L files. These are listener files, stories that our listeners have sent in to Bigfoot Collectors Club at gmail.com. If you have a paranormal experience or something that's happened to you that you can't explain, uh, leave us a quick uh, voice memo. Try to keep it under five minutes if you can, or write us an email, and uh, we might explore it here on one of our L-Files episodes. I love these, and I'm, I'm going to be very interested, especially after our bullshit or believe it conversation, to hear what some of you, uh, hear what you guys have to say about some of these stories. So why don't we dive right into the very first L-File? Cool. This is from Samantha. It's called Blue Dream Monkey. A couple summers ago, I started to get into talismans and began the process of making one. This process led me to a lot of research so that I could fully understand what goes into creating them. One night after weeks of research and preparation for the crafting of my talisman, I had one of my most shocking dreams that will always stick with me. As the dream started, I was looking over my own shoulder as I sat at a desk working on the talisman. Now... I don't think she's like looking over her shoulder. She's literally standing over her own body. Yeah, she's having an out of body. Yeah, exactly. I just want to clarify that because it comes up again. Uh, After some time, my point of view switched like a cut between two different cameras. This new POV was an angle that showed the me sitting at the desk working on the talisman while also showing the second me that was looking over the first one's shoulder. 
Along with these two versions of me, I saw a small, what can only be described as a blue monkey floating next to me. After this switch, the monkey spoke to me, saying, It can't become a god on its own, but you can make it into one. When it finished speaking, my POV switched back to the original one, and I watched myself work for a short period of time before I eventually woke up. Once I woke up, I attempted to piece together what had just happened, and I started to think back to the research that I had been doing, and something dawned on me. I believe that the message the monkey gave me was in reference to the fact that the process that I had formed to create my talisman was an amalgamation of multiple rituals and practices both having to do and not having to do with talismans, and so all of the ritual magic and thought going into this process would boost the energy within the talisman. Now, I don't know if this is the right or the best interpretation of the dream, but it's what resonated with me. I have one last thing I want to leave with you, which is an excerpt from Dion Fortune that I found after this dream, and that resonates with what the monkey said. And here's the quote. He imagines a rock in the desert. This inanimate object has a very low level of consciousness. Its threshold of conscious awareness is stimulated by contact with very small animals in the area who regard the rock as a safe haven against predators and elements. When a human being who is sensitive to vibrations travels through the stretch of desert, he may sense something different about this particular stone. If he is of faith, which accepts the idea of animism and spirits, his awe of the stone may turn to an homage and then worship of it thereby boosting the rock's embryonic consciousness even further, and eventually the spirit in the stone is transformed into a god. Thank you so much for your podcast and for reading this story. Um, so, you know... Holy moly. Pretty cool. Sometimes we, you know, sometimes with dream stories it's tough because you're like, well, this is just a dream. Right. Uh, right. But I li- this one had some really cool uh, imagery, but I want to just kind of get your takes on this before uh, I throw in uh, something that popped out at me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're right. Like the way it's written was I-, I felt I was looking over her shoulder at this blue monkey as well. So thank you very much to the writer for that. But yeah, I mean, is it that they were pouring so much energy into this stone as they were, as they were crafting the talisman that they somehow either created a thought form or somehow woke up something that was connected to the stone anyway, and Mm -hmm. took the form of this blue monkey. You know, it feels like the energy that they were putting into it because they were making something with the intent of it being like an energetic piece that they can carry with them like that almost like pushed whatever was going on out of it that's awesome yeah i i really enjoyed that i it felt like a david lynch movie totally. you know especially <laughs> the idea of a, of a monkey that now is talking to you and says something mm-hmm. that's like feels like it's got the incredible weight of the universe packed into a few words <laughs> um one of the the things that it made me uh think of was less about the talisman and more about this idea of having an out-of-body experience where you see yourself than a third out-of-body experience where you see yourself looking at yourself yourself, yeah and then you see a blue monkey that's the only thing that's not you unless that is you Mm -hmm. is that some sort of an extension of of yourself another 
you know, I don't know if either of you are familiar with this um, short story. It's called The Egg. And it's uh, the bare premise is sort of like we all um, end up living every single life on Earth through reincarnation until we've lived every single one of them. You are, you know, you're Ted Bundy and you're also, you know, um, I don't know who's a really good guy. Gandhi? <laughs> Ted, Bun- Ga- Ted Bundy, Bundy or and Gandhi? Ted Gandhi. Can you name someone else, please? <laughs> Ted Gandhi. Yeah. Bundy or Gandhi would be a fun game. But so you're, you're everybody until you've lived every single life and then you ascend. You become essentially a god where you can create a universe for somebody else to go through that kind of a trial. Mm-hmm. And maybe the monkey is sort of uh, the end point. Interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. Well, it's funny that. In, in, you know the 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 you bring up god the the uh the dream brings up the notion of a god and something that jumped out to me was i was like isn't there a hindu god who's a monkey and oh, there is one so. um yeah so i looked up obviously i'm not an expert on hinduism but uh there is a hindu god in uh in the pantheon named uh, uh and i forgive me if i'm mispronouncing this but it's uh it's Hanuman or Hanuman H A N U M A N, and in some depictions of this god, he's blue, and yeah. uh, Hanuman is the god of wisdom, strength, courage, devotion, and self discipline. And hmm. I was just like, maybe look into that because it seems to me if you got a talking monkey talking about gods that maybe in your dream you were visited by this archetype or this a personification of this god you know what i mean yeah. right. maybe there's something there personally uh that samantha you can you can unlock there cuz maybe you evoked this talisman evoked a specific thought form in 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 the form of this god you know i don't know um, well, but I also, that was those are all, as well. for sure, um, those are all kind of qualities that I would think go into even approaching the endeavor of making a talisman for yourself, like this mm-hmm. idea of devotion and focus and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. That's interesting, too. Yeah, I love it. Something to think about. It. Cool dream. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, OK, Kristen, why don't you read the next L file that we're going to disclose? Perfect. Okay, here we go. This is from someone who's anonymous. They say, hey, BCC, here's a listener story for you. Please read this as anonymous. It's a little weird and I hesitated to send this one in. A few years ago, I met a cute boy in the office where I worked. He asked me out, we began seeing one another and things were going well. On a walk one day, I had the strangest, most powerful sense that I knew this person from somewhere that I had known him a long time well beyond his current flesh and blood iteration. Without thinking too much about it, I told him how I felt and said, I think we've actually been married before. He looked me in the eyes and said, we have. (laughs) Don't worry, this isn't an amnesia plot line from a 90s thriller. Although I personally, Kristen, would not be against that. Yeah, me me neither. (laughs) Um, We... We continued to explore this sense we both had. We would go into a meditation session and share what we had experienced when we'd come out of it. As we recanted our individual, or recounted our individual experiences in the meditation, we realized we realized we were seeing the exact same scenes. 
This also happened when he would place his forehead on mine and we could see the exact same images and scenes from what were maybe our past lives together. We both had the intuitive sense that we'd been together in many, many other lifetimes, but that we had chosen to go at this life without one another. Instead, choosing to find this moment to check in with one another, reconnect, and then go our separate ways. The relationship ended shortly after that with no hard feelings, and I left the job a month later. This is honestly a very special memory for me, even if it's all a load of shit. It just feels incredible. I know. <laughs> it just feels incredibly special that we may all be souls living our many lives alongside one another for century after century, and that we could find an old partner or a friend and reconnect to say, hello, I'm still here. You're doing great. Keep going. Thanks for the pod, Anonymous. Wow. Woo! That had to be some connection. Yeah. I also like if you guys are looking for a way to get out of a relationship amicably, I know. this is the way to do it. <laughs> Th- this is like a master class because you yeah. can be like, all right, I'll never see you again in this life. Yeah, talk about a conscious <laughs> uncoupling. Time. This is this oh is the way God. to do it. <laughs> Perfect. Oh my uh, this God. Is, I mean, I I love this. I also love yeah. I it, it's also like it's sort of like even you know i'm i'm by the way so open to this anonymous so i don't think it's necessarily yeah. shit at all so don't be so hard on yourself yeah also, for sure it's not really that weird it probably just is weird to you because this is obviously very personal because this mm-hmm. was someone you were in a relationship with but you know what also what i think is cool is that you found somebody that when you turned to them and said i think we've been married before they were like yep we have like how cool is that Absolutely. and also a sign that you obviously had a connection that maybe was from previous lifetimes um yeah yeah. like that's like the ultimate acceptance yeah yeah Yeah. exactly and how cool that you guys were both like and we're not gonna see each other anymore like i want to know i know (laughs) what wasn't working out about this relationship because it seems like it was going great (laughs) you know what i mean when you've been together for centuries you know what's one lifetime taking it that's like a weekend that's like you know traveling apart for one weekend or something like that i'll see you next time yeah let's take a break let's take a break from this one that starts in like the 80s or early 90s let's take a break and then uh we'll get back together after that i love that i I really like this concept a lot you know what i mean it's It's very sweet story yeah i was about to say the exact same thing it's incredibly sweet and i you know i just described myself as you know very much a skeptic but i you know this also handily follows falls into one of those areas where i'm just so fascinated by the the stories people tell and and what people believe and like anonymous your point about i don't care if it's not true i don't care if it's uh, a load of shit as you call it like (laughs) I so yeah give yourself a break for feeling like anyone's going to judge you for that but man do I applaud the sort of energy of just like no 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 this is this is my life this is what I've been through and I'm going to stand by this experience and take solace in it like perception is reality right Mm -hmm. like if 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 it was if it was real for you it doesn't matter if it was empirically real it happened it's yours I, I love that it's a wonderful story 
Right. And I, I want to like study at the feet of anonymous because <laughs> they went into this with like such vulnerability and open mindedness and seemed like they just followed the path wherever it went. And it's such a like evolved, mature thing to then be able to just like to um, separate after that, be like, okay, we've had our moment in the sun and now we go our separate ways. I, I would imagine that my impulse and a lot of other people's impulse would be to like hold on to this super tight because mm. that had to be a connection like you've never had with anybody else that feels otherworldly. So to be able to acknowledge that it's only meant to be that way for a short time is like boss level. So good job. Boss level. Pretty great. <laughs> Yeah, I love the phrase. I want to. I want to study at their feet. I just picture you like kneeling down and saying, "Teach me." I, I, I love this relationship that you've implied. Maybe anonymous and I have a little bit of something in past lives. Who knows? Maybe. Yes, Never you're know. constantly begging them to teach you stuff. <laughs> Please help me. Yeah. Help me break the cycle. Oh, next life. Next life. Yeah. All right, Will, what do you have uh, in your uh, L-File folder there to disclose? So this story comes from Thon. I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. And I'm Our not next sure story... if if they're a he or she, to be honest. So I'm not sure what the pronouns are here. So maybe it's maybe it's they. I don't, okay. I'm not sure. They didn't specify. I'll say that. I okay. couldn't tell. Uh, so here we go. Our next-door neighbor had been receiving hospice care for several months. We didn't interact often, and, this is important to the story, I have never been inside her house. I was outside mowing my lawn on May 13, 2019, when I saw some people loading her body onto a hearse, and I asked myself where she was. As soon as I asked this, I saw her in my mind's eye, like a daydream, walking in a field of yellow flowers and laughing. That image stuck with me. It felt important. The next day, one of the hospice nurses called me over to the house to help her send a group text on her new phone. In the conversation that followed my help, the faith of my neighbor was brought up, and I just felt like I should say something. So I told them what I saw. One of the nurses asked me to tell the daughter of the woman the same story. She went into the house and returned with the daughter. I repeated what I saw, and she started to cry. I was told that the mother loved yellow flowers. They were kept in the room where she had been sleeping, the room where she had died. After telling me about her mother's favorite flowers, she went upstairs and brought down a painting that her mother had in her bedroom for 20 years. The painting portrayed exactly what I saw, a field of yellow flowers. I've been fascinated by near-death experiences for a while. I've never had one myself, and I'm perfectly fine with that, but I wasn't aware that shared death experiences were also a thing until after this event, when I found Raymond Moody's book, Glimpses of Eternity. Anyway, that's the story. I can't wait to hear your thoughts. That's an awesome story. Another nice one. Another yeah, one that just gives sweet comfort. stories tonight. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's really sweet. There, It's again skeptic skeptic blah 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 but like you know i i don't know you just see a flash of something and not really you know know where it came from a skeptic could just say like all right you've never been in our house maybe you 
you know, saw her with flowers one day or you saw it through the, I don't care. Like I, I'm sure maybe there's a plausible other explanation, but the sweetness of it and the sort of like comfort that it can bring is more important than proving something like this wrong to me. And the contrast of like watching a body being wheeled out on a stretcher, you know, take being to be taken to the morgue and then the image of, Okay, that's where the body is, but the spirit is actually in this place, in this serene, mm. peaceful place. And then when you find out that the peaceful place has a connection to the person who just passed, like, I don't know, man. I mean, that's a, that's one hell yeah. of a synchronicity. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if I can imagine if that's what happened to you in real life as it did for this person, like what a humongous, like seismic feeling that must have been i saw her rolling her eyes at me <laughs> uh, yeah exactly right I, I those human things though are i think are the the confirmation those like human oddity things like this was not some you know we we are told our father's rolling his eyes at us and that yeah. feels you know specific here it's not that she saw some image of the pearly gates and you know a city of clouds she sees, you know, a field of flowers and doesn't understand the context, but it gives it a specificity and like a, a private importance. That's really nice. Yeah, it's, it's kind of defying some of the conventions of like experiences like this. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if this happened to me, I would and, uh, you know, with all due respect to the family, you know, I would go home and I'd be like, jackpot. I nailed <laughs> it. I nailed it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I have powers. Like they're going to talk about be. this forever. Hundred <laughs> percent. I love this story. This is this is a great story. Yeah, um, agreed. And another sweet one. Okay, here's one that's a little weirder. Okay, yeah. um, got a couple couple weird ones here. Uh, let's let's rip this one open. Hi, uh, Bryce, Michael, and Riley, and guest. Nope, two guests. Will mm -hmm. and Kristen. <laughs> no, Bryce mm. and Riley. I was re-listening. Uh, yeah. Hello. Uh, I was re-listening to an episode about gnomes and was reminded of a few stories shared with me by my friend and her mother. They both grew up in the Philippines and were raised very Catholic. You don't often hear stories about Filipino cryptids on this show, and I really suggest you guys look into them. Okay, we will. There are a few fascinating and baffling ones, my personal favorite being the Tikbalong, a sort of reverse centaur that has a tall, lanky, stretched-out humanoid body in the head of a horse. I'm on board. It reeks of tobacco and comes out of the jungle to push people onto the ground and keep them from getting back up until it finally gets tired and runs back into the jungle. That's a terrifying game. <laughs> Until uh, it just gets tired? Yep, tired yeah. of tormenting you. Uh, I, love the, I love the idea of a terrifying cryptid that is purely just a stop-hitting-yourself type of bully, but doesn't <laughs> actually do any harm. <laughs> anyway, I was very surprised to learn that even now, elves, or gnomes, are very much accepted in modern Filipino culture, and many people still report sightings or interactions with them. My friend's mother was raised staunchly Catholic and remains so to this day, but told me that when she was younger in the 1970s, she had the opportunity to interact with an elf. Her experience sounds suspicious to a skeptic like myself, but she believes in it fully. According to her, occasionally small towns and villages will have events where you can pay money to get a sort of reading by an elf 
slash gnome. They sort of describe what? them as little elves, but the way they act is more gnome-like. She said she signed up for the experience and was led into a small building. She was told to close her eyes tight and keep her head down and told that she was not under any circumstances allowed to look at the elves' face. She says she was led by hand into a secondary room and sat in a chair. And after a moment, a tiny voice began telling her about herself and about her future. She was allowed to respond to questions, but otherwise had to remain silent. Of course, this all sounded like a scam to me, but she says at one point she decided to open her eyes slightly with her head down to see if it was real and saw two impossibly tiny clothed legs hanging from a desk about a foot away from her, actively moving around and occasionally crossing in the way a child might gently swing their legs from a tall chair. She said the legs were much too small to be a child or a little person, but obviously moved as if they belonged to a living creature. She immediately closed her eyes tight, finished her session, and was let out. My oh, friend's uh, yeah, wow. hold that in your mind. Now, my friend's story is more along the lines of traditional European fae stories of sneaky elves, gnomes that try to kidnap children. My friend came to America at the age of nine, and she told me that one year prior, she remembers having woken up from midday from a midday nap while daylight filled the room, stretched a little, and then moved her head slightly so she was able to see the foot of her bed. Standing there on the bed by her feet was a tiny elf man. She was instantly frozen out of fear, but the elf was smiling at her and in Tagalog started saying she should come play with him. After a few moments, she sat up and summoned the nerve to say no, that she's not supposed to. He went on trying to convince her to come play with him so they could play and saying that she would have fun with him and his friends. This went on for a few minutes until she finally got the courage to scream for help, and the elf looked furious and then promptly disappeared. She never had another supernatural experience after that, though she says her younger brother had a similar experience years later. These stories stick out to me so much because these two people are otherwise extremely pragmatic, skeptical individuals, but they don't talk about these events as if they were weird or even out of the ordinary. They tell them as if it's just a normal part of life in the Philippines, seemingly with an attitude like, yeah, this happened. Wait, are you telling me this doesn't happen to people here? It's also interesting how much my friend's experience lines up with the classic stories of European elves trying to kidnap children, even though it's totally different than her mother's story of rogue elves who tell fortunes to make a little extra money. Anyway, hopefully this sparks some interest in Filipino myths and cryptids for you guys. Uh, we don't hear about Southeast Asia that much when we talk about the strange modern phenomenon, but those countries are full of interesting experiences that people truly accept as an everyday facet of life. Love the show. Keep up the good work, Chase. Wow. Uh, great stories, Chase. And yes, good reminder. You know, I think sometimes, obviously, we can get a little trapped here in the uh, in in the North America. Of, um, sure. You know, stories of high strangeness, and we definitely want to branch out more. So we appreciate that suggestion. All right, here we got two elves. We got a fortune-telling elf, and then we've got uh, a little elf speaking Tagalog in uh, a little girl's bedroom here in America, saying, 
basically trying to perform an alien abduction. Yeah. Yeah. Come and play with us. I uh, I mean, people do all kinds of different stuff, right? Like people aren't all good or all bad. If we're going to take at face value that there are elves, you know, mm-hmm. some of them need a little extra, you know, cheddar. So they tell some fortunes sure. and some of them want to whisk you away to somewhere for something. What are they taking children for? Um, They take they well, so the. Kristen, do you want to? I I have sort of. Yeah, Kristen, you tell me. You sounded like you were. Kristen definitely knows. Kristen, what do they do with kids? Yeah. No, I I was literally about to say, um, unclear. (laughs) Well, in all the the like elf stories, they like babies and they like kids and they like to have you know they swap them out with changelings, right? You know, and this was a story for like kids who would get sick, you know, inexplicably or die of sudden infant death. You know that the the idea was like the babies with the elves, the real babies in in fairyland, mm-hmm. not dead. This is just the changelings. You know what I mean? I think it was a helped right. parents grieve, but there's mm-hmm. this idea that. That's sort of woven through Celtic folklore and, you know, these old elf stories and the stories of the Fae, the in the the um, and modern alien abductions, which is the idea that these these entities might be spirits, obviously from another dimension, but they're they're an ethereal spirit that they are of the spirit realm, not of the material world. And that there is some sort of ongoing agenda to combine the material and the spiritual into one new form of life. And that's mm-hmm. where these like alien human hybrid stories come, come from. And in some of these other stories, you know, when you would hear of like, a wandering knight who went into a cave and there he met a beautiful woman and they made love. And then when he walked out, it was 300 years later. You know, there seems to be this sort of recurring theme of wanting to produce a child or make a child or have a material child so they could raise, you know, one of us. There's some sort of like thing happening there, I think. Hmm. Yeah, that makes there definitely is a child fixation that even besides the theory of these things that we think of as cryptids or aliens are all coming from the ether in some way. Mm -hmm. um, It it runs through that, but also even as far back as like Grimm's fairy tales and old folk tales are very like child abduction centric. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting, this idea that it's for like it's not just trickster energy. Like it's for a specific reason is super interesting. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Big trickster energy. Yeah. Yeah. BT, BTE guys. Um, yeah. BTE. I, I think, yeah, I, the, 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 I don't know. Creepy. Both of them are creepy stories and I'll keep an open mind about both of them. I don't necessarily have an opinion on either one of them other than like, sure. I love the idea of a fortune telling elf. And that's very oh. creepy. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, with the little girl, you know, could be some sort of like dream or hallucination. What I found really mm-hmm. fascinating was that it was speaking her native language and not English, mm-hmm. which, yeah, which was cool because that either means that like, okay, they're not limited to where they are um, mm-hmm. or 
could be explained as like, well, obviously it was a figment of her imagination because it would, you know, like it would speak to her in Tagalog, not English. That's her right. native language. Right. Or, or it's just or these yeah, things like, manifest using like our own psychic, you know, some sort of like they need us to generate. So they're feeding mm. off our brains and that's the language that was most prominent in her head. So that's what it speaks. You know what I yeah, mean? There's also, there's also that sort of thought of like, are your thoughts in English, mm-hmm. you know, or, or do you just have them? Like maybe yeah. there's, there's not a need for a language to begin with. Maybe these creatures sort of come to you on your terms. Mm-hmm. They communicate to you however is best for you because it's in service of their end goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it's it's a cynical point of view that I'm taking toward this elf, but it may have been like, well, this is the way to communicate with this person. Right. So it's as simple as like I'm going to get on their level and speak their language because it'll you know get me what I want the most efficient way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Weird stuff. I also I love, love it. in the the fortune teller. I love that image of the little legs. Me too. Crossing oh. and uncrossing. Yeah, because me too. Like I could picture it so clearly. Yeah. But just yep. it also implies this existence of the elf where they're like, yeah, so you know, you did this, you did that. Here's what's going to be in your future. But they're just sort of like chilling and like yeah. like a little shifty in their seat. Like yeah, I'll put you know my my. I'll cross my legs for a second. Eh, I'll just dangle my feet and kick back. And really humanizes it as well as makes you go, okay, it's not a little doll. Um, I'd like to know, Chase, if you can get a follow-up, if the fortune that the elf told this woman, that stuff came true. Mm. Oh, yeah. Because if, if, if it told her future, if her fortune was good, then I'm more inclined to think it was really an elf. That's all I'm going to say. (laughs) <laughs> leave it at that leave i it think that's that. where let the facts speak for themselves yep, exactly um do you guys have time for one more quick one sure bet your ass all right here we go <laughs> great uh here we go this is from logan years ago i was friends with a guy i'll refer to him as jay who was an all-around bad guy and had carried a lot of bad energy around with him Months prior to my story taking place, Jay and another mutual friend of ours were camping at a local boat launch, and they had seen a blue orb floating through the woods on the other side of the river. After witnessing the blue orb in the woods that night, Jay had strange things happening at home and in his car. At home, Jay was hearing the classic footsteps scratching, tapping on the walls, voices and things moving and falling to the floor. In his car, Jay was hearing whistles, doors unlocking and locking, glove box opening on its own, and the radio changing stations in volume. Jay had named his new companion Roger. I had only heard about Roger and the unexplainable things that would happen from Jay and hadn't put much credibility into it until one day, Jay and I were hanging out, just the two of us, at his grandmother's farmhouse. We were in the upstairs bedroom watching YouTube videos and smoking some marijuana. I became thirsty and went downstairs to fetch a glass of water. You know, it happens. Smoking that sweet ganja. When I walked past... I've become thirsty. Mm -hmm. It's called cotton mouth, uh, Logan. (laughs) Uh, When I walked past the laundry room at the very bottom of the stairs, I saw someone moving around through the small crack of the door and assumed it was Jay's grandmother doing some laundry. 
until I had turned the corner and there she was on the couch, cigarette in hand, watching Jeopardy. Mm. I was a little spooked, but had brushed it off and grabbed my glass of water. I made my way back upstairs to the bedroom and didn't mention anything to, to Jay. Some time went by and we continued on with our business. Jay and I were sitting on the bed and on the desk against the opposite wall. Oh, sorry. We were sitting on the bed and on the desk against the opposite wall was a glass ashtray that would light up and flash with pink and purple lights when bumped or when a joint was snuffed out in it. Jay had his back to the ashtray and behind him I had seen the ashtray was flashing its pink and purple lights. I was shocked. It's a dude. Your ashtray is lighting up. Jay replied calmly, That's Roger. I told you this stuff happens all the time. We both sat there watching this ashtray still flashing. I said, stop, and it stopped. And then I said, go, and it started again. We were absolutely terrified and amazed. We looked at each other, and one of us said something along the lines of, let's get the fuck out of here. We ran out of that house and peeled out of the driveway like we'd robbed a bank. Sometime in the 1980s, a man had drowned at the boat launch. Jay had seen the blue orb at and picked up... Sorry, let me go back. Sometime in the 1980s, a man had drowned at the boat launch. Jay had seen the blue orb and picked up Roger. I'm not sure if that's who the spirit was or what had followed him home, but I believe something about the bad energy and the shady nature of Jay attracted Roger. I haven't talked to Jay in years and do not plan on it, so I will never know what came of this, but it sure did freak the shit out of me. Writing this gave me chills, and I hope BCC and the listeners can enjoy this story. This is my most profound uh, paranormal experience, but I do have more stories to send in the future. I love the show. It gives me something to laugh at and really enjoy this in this crazy world. Thank you, Bryce, Michael, and Riley. What do you guys think? Roger you have to find Jay. Up, yeah, seriously. <laughs> Time to check in with Jay. I don't know if there's a. Maybe you can just check on Facebook. Check around. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I don't recommend someone attract a spirit and then name it because I feel like then you're really asking for trouble. Yeah, you're really letting it get cozy with mm-hmm. you. You know, you've got a buddy buddy thing going on. Jay was described as a troublemaker, almost Mm -hmm. literally a bad guy Mm. with bad energy around him. I wonder if maybe like if this is I wonder if this is like an exterior thing, exterior, external thing, excuse me, or if this is a poltergeist situation where Jay is causing all this stuff, including the blue lights. You know what I mean? I I really like that. Did they, uh, they were driving and st- my, my limited familiarity with, we did an episode on poltergeist and what I remember reading is that it seemed to, like they, they often um, are said to orbit around like uh, uh, pubescent girls primarily. There's yes. something about like, like going through like the hormones of, of puberty, something like that. Yeah. So, uh, uh, and I don't know if like, you know, I don't think there are hard and fast rules. I don't no, even know this- if I... It yeah. also just sounds like men who were scared of menstruation. And so they're yeah, like, exactly. There's yeah. a ghost. There's a ghost coming out of a vagina. There's a ghost, yeah. you know, paranormal but, uh, menstrual cycles. But in, but in a lot of like the poltergeist stories we hear, like the Enfield horror and stuff, there's, there's typically adolescent kids around and it's when they're going through like 
big changes, you know? Yeah. Right. But I mean, it did seem like if he's kind of a troublemaker, like, I don't know, out there sort of dude, maybe Jay, somebody who had big emotions and yeah. sort of acts in an out there way. And right, maybe that manifested this activity and the, the poltergeist came from him. I love that idea, Michael. You know, and he just was like, that's Roger when really Roger was in Jay, was a part of Roger's Jay, the, Jay. Whole, all, the whole time. I, 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 do, I also really, there's something that's like a lot of like fun about somebody who is so haunted that they don't even pay attention anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like there's, there's something remarkable and reality shattering is happening <laughs> in the corner of the room. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's Roger again. It's Raj. It's like it, it, evidence of this would change the world. And for you, it's become <laughs> mundane. Yeah. 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 That, just like the just like those elves hanging out. Yeah, right. Exactly. You guys don't get yeah. this. Yeah. I love it. Well, we have these everywhere. I would shit my absolute pants if any of these things happened to me. But these people seem able to just go about their everyday business in a way that is so foreign and makes the stories even more awesome. It almost makes them more valid in a way because Mm -hmm. rather than it being a big like waving your arms, look at me sort of thing, they're just like, yeah, I'm just sharing a part of my life with you. Yeah. What do you think about that? I'm yeah, I mean, you. honestly, like, I, I think that that's something that I think people are sturdier a lot of the times than, than we give ourselves credit for. But like, you know, anybody who's experienced like a loss in their life, like you end up dealing with, you know, your feelings of grief and still going to work and yeah. still having a family and friends. And you you just balance it all because you have to balance it all. Yeah, so maybe it's similar, right? Like I'm being haunted super hard, but what am I supposed to do? Ask the world to grind to a halt so I can talk about Roger? No, I got to yeah. do my laundry and my my grandma's, you know, falling asleep with a cigarette and I'm worried about spontaneous <laughs> human combustion. And then I'm going to steal some of those cigarettes. I can't wait. I <laughs> that does sound very Jay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that wraps up another session of the L Files and an episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club. Kristen, Will, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for being both Ugh. guests and fill-in co-hosts uh, tonight. Uh, where can people find your show and and you guys on social media? Silly. <laughs> <laughs> William, go ahead. Because <laughs> you're new to the show, so I'm trying. I'm trying to lay back oh, a okay. bit. It pre- you probably can't tell. I think of you as being far more professional. But so, all right, uh, yeah. Guide to the Unknown is available everywhere you get your podcasts: Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can find all of our links at gttupod.com. Um, we've been doing shows for a good four and a half years. I think we're we're we started around the same time. That's wild. Yeah. Club. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've covered, you know, hundreds of topics, the true stories behind horror movies. Uh, very recently, we covered things like alternate reality games and uh, paranormal events in Canada. A lot of fun stuff on our feed. I hope I hope people enjoy. Cool. Um, you can follow us online at GTTU pod. Um, you can follow uh, me and read some of my writing. I'm at the myth traveler. Yep, uh, And I'm at Chillin Kristen everywhere on social media. Love it. And of course, you guys will be tagged in our posts over on Instagram. And guys, if you're not following Bigfoot Collectors Club on Instagram, it really is. I mean, maybe some of you guys aren't on Instagram. I get it. But uh, uh, it really is sort of like the visual companion for the show. So that's kind of the social media that we 
do now <laughs> you know yeah that could change in the future we might add mm. some stuff we've kind of taken a step back a bit from twitter but like if you want to see any of these things if you want to see the picture of that grave that will was talking about give us a follow at bigfoot collectors club over on instagram um plus we're posting more like fun videos and stuff over there so check it out um follow me at mcmills while you're over there uh i'm in an episode of for all mankind this season you can see that Bryce is on Expedition Bigfoot. Check that out. Uh, Riley, Riley, check out his ultra terrestrial tier on the Patreon. BCC, the other side, patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. Uh, now I think that's it. Will, Kristen, thank you so much for being here. You guys are a blast to talk uh, to. Always thank great you. to. Nope. Not nope. <laughs> this whole ending. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. We, it was thing. so smooth for so long. I was like, it's <laughs> always great to talk to fellow paranormal heads about this stuff. And I, I just had a blast. I, this was uh, a ton of fun. Thank you so much uh, for having us, for having me uh, for the first time. I love that um, we can uh, be like Joan Rivers when she guest hosted The Tonight Show. Remember that? That's an yeah. old reference. Multiple times. But then, like, you know, she went and got her own show. And then uh, Johnny Carson was very mad at her. Yeah, oh, I know. Boy. So a feud is and brewing bitterly. between us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just waiting, so, <laughs> harboring beneath the surface. Those who um, don't learn from history are, yeah, doomed. are doomed to repeat it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, all right, everybody. Thanks again, Will, Kristen, and and Kristen. I'm going to let you take this tagline. I know you've you've heard the show. Until <gasps> next time. Good night. Oh God. Oh. I'm- <laughs> Kristen notoriously we'll she forgets how to end our show for the record this is a routine let's not change problem. it we're gonna leave it right there Bryce will be back next week no Kristen. that's the best it She's really is kick herself for that's the like best. weeks it's honestly my favorite thing that's ever happened on the show oh, just no. really excited because I set I really set myself up for that well because Will, before you came on I was telling Michael okay. about how you were busting my balls because I'd be like Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray and Michael McMillan and scored and engineered by Riley Bray. Our theme song, Come Alone, is by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. Do us a favor and support the show and unlock three bonus episodes every month by becoming a member of our Patreon, BCC The Other Side, which can be found at patreon.com slash bigfootcollectorsclub. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. 
Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday.